0: Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. And I distinctly hope that everybody had a very Merry Christmas. Today the podcast is a little bit on the quiet side, not because my voice isn't back, but because my toddler is sleeping the next room over and I just got back from a little two day vacation with the wife. I hope everybody had a marvelous holiday weekend, and I also realized that this podcast is coming out way late on a Monday to be doing a reverse chronological lightning round weekend, but that's what we're doing anyway so first off, hello, welcome to the show. This is fantasy n b a today a sports ethos presentation, and we're once in end, this is gonna be the last one of these, so you know don't get don't get too attached or anything, but this is the last Promo-free episode of Fantasy NBA Today for a while. Starting tomorrow, you're going to get promos so far down your throat. you're going to be, well, truly sick. It will make you sick. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Dan Vespers. I know I've taken a day or two off of the the traditional grind on Twitter, although I did get the quick hits out this morning for the Christmas games yesterday. You know, sometimes you just gotta detether a little bit, not all the way. But a little bit. So let's dive into the weekend. Um, I know that games are going to be starting for most of you by the time you listen to this podcast, but I do think it's still worth our time to kind of go back through. We'll do all 30 teams. We're going to do them quicker than usual today, get you back to your business, and then tomorrow we'll kind of settle back in and and have a more normal routine to our fantasy day. Starting in the evening on, I'm going to make sure I get this right, on Sunday night, it's weird to have Christmas on a Sunday, right? Because then you get this Monday holiday, the day after. Everything's all confused. We'll do it again next week with New Year's. But regardless, uh, Denver, overtime win. Nikola Jokic, 41-15-15. and 15. He is a monster. He's sort of finding the Nikola Jokic form. He's pushed his way up to the a tie for the number three spot this year by just going ridiculous level the last month or so. Uh, so, yeah, there he is again after all this. Jokic, right where you expect him. Michael Porter Jr. still on a little bit of a minute's limit. They didn't want to overextend him here. He'll be fine. You can start him. I know this wasn't a great ball game. Uh Jamal Murray looked great. Uh, missed a bunch of shots, but otherwise, everything looked pretty good for him. KCP continues his recent heater. Uh, so, you know, right now with the Nuggets, you can start the starters. I know Pope had that that really slow stretch for about... He started, first four weeks were good, next four weeks were not very good, last couple have been a bit better, uh, so he's startable. Aaron Gordon uh, was much better in this one. He'll take a little bit of a hit here as everybody kind of gets up to speed, but I really do think, at least for now, you can start the starters in Denver, and Bruce Brown is no longer someone you need to worry about. On the Phoenix side, Landry Schammett, another huge ball game, and then promptly today we got news that he's dealing with Achilles soreness, and now he's out. Uh, so Chris Paul, who I don't know what's what going on with his shot this year, but 16 assists is hard to argue with. Uh, if you take Shamit out of the mix now, you're left with guys like Damian Lee and Torrey Craig really having almost no choice but to do more stuff in Phoenix's next ball game. I already thought Torrey Craig was a pretty safe ad with Booker out, and now that becomes even more safe. Um, I don't know how much I trust Damian Lee. <sighs> He's probably going to start. Their next ball game, which is tomorrow, so I guess we have a little bit of time to think about it. Uh, but I, you know, honestly, like, yeah, you know, there's just there's so many shots available now that you you almost have to do it. Like there there's just there's too much there, so just go for it. Um, Tory Craig, pretty safe. Damian Lee, probably also somewhat safe. Golden State beat Memphis. Um, I think the only real note on this ball game was well two. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo played well for the Warriors, logged 32 minutes. I don't know what the deal is with Wiggins. We heard that Steph Curry might be back in about two weeks. I thought Wiggins would be back by now, frankly, but he isn't. Um, I think you can feel pretty comfortable starting with DiVincenzo at least until one of those guys comes back. Um, then once that happens, I think it's probably wise to reassess a little bit. And over on the Memphis side, I do wish that Brandon Clark would get more consistent playing time. It's most likely not going to happen. JJJ was in foul trouble in this game. Dylan Brooks had some foul trouble. Not that anybody really cares, but you're just looking at how the minutes distribution was a little weirder than usual. Uh, And Desmond Bain is just working his way back into the mix. So don't read too much into whatever you got out of that one. Boston beat Milwaukee 139-118. I don't know why Robert Williams... I, I watched a lot of this game, and it wasn't super clear why Robert Williams only got to play 14 minutes. Um You know, if he's only going to log like 16 to 18 anyway, fouls typically are not something they're super concerned with. They just kind of went a different way with Milwaukee. So you got a little extra Grant Williams, a little extra Derek White. Boston found some lineups that were fitting a little bit better, I suppose. Uh, For now, I'll just chalk it up to this recovery for the Time Lord, and I wouldn't read too much into that one, so just kind of move along. Also, you're not adding Grant Williams back from this one. Uh, Derek White had been trending down pretty good for a while, so you're probably leaving that one alone. As well, uh, I hadn't done my little Al Horford check in a while, but he's number fifty-two friends and confidants per game, nine cat. So, you know, all your Al Horford hate out there just rolls right off. On the Milwaukee side, I guess the only note would be Pat Connaughton playing a little bit better. They just really need Chris Middleton back. I'm not adding Connaughton outside of slightly deeper formats. It does feel like he's kind of up to speed to be the Middleton fill-in guy, but. That doesn't really mean all that much. Lakers and Mavs, couple fantasy angles in this ballgame. On the Dallas side, you got a huge one out of Christian Wood, and some of that had to do with the opponent. In fact, a lot of it had to do with the opponent. The Lakers, for stretches, were running zero center lineups. They were running Austin Reeves as their big man, and Wood was just demolishing them. The Lakers were also sending immediate double teams at Luka, at which point he was able to just kind of float a pass to Christian Wood near the free throw line, Wood on what's known as the short roll, then had a four-on-three on on pretty much every single possession and exploited it. That's how he ended up with seven assists in the ballgame. The four steals I don't fully understand. Lakers just doing a really bad job of of handling the basketball around Wood. Lakers only had eight turnovers in the game, but apparently they all just rolled right to Christian Wood. Uh, The two blocks make a ton of sense. Russ driving, other little guys driving, just... I mean, the Lakers are a fantasy goldmine right now. Without Anthony Davis, they can't guard anybody, and so they're just trying dumb crap to see if anything sticks. So from a fantasy standpoint, this was a great opportunity for Mavs to get hot, and they did. They put up 51 points in the third quarter, a a truly absurd total. (laughs) Like, that's the worst quarter in the NBA defensively for any team this year. And uh, Tim Hardaway, he had 26. He's staying on my roster Reggie Bullock had 14, 3, and 4 with a block. I'm not adding him. I know that he's the fill-in for Dorian Finney-Smith, but it's just not enough for me. Dwight Powell also fouled out of this ballgame, so that also kind of helped Christian Wood a little bit. Um, But right now, Wood is having like a top 30 week. So if you can, I still think that if you can flip him, you know, last week I thought maybe you could get a 75 range guy. Maybe you can even aim higher now. Try to aim for like 60 and see if it sticks. With the Lakers, obviously, you've got LeBron going. I can't deal with the Russell Westbrook stuff. That's No, you're holding on to Thomas Bryant. I know this ballgame was a weaker one by all accounts, but again, Lakers were just mashing buttons to see what worked, and uh, it didn't. Bryant was fine in the time he was in there. He's uh, still a, a good solution for them, at least as far as... solutions go I I did add Austin Reeves by the way Um, I I like his efficiency it seems like there's enough for him going on right now with no Anthony Davis around he's had like three pretty good ball games in a row since coming back from the ankle tweak so I'm into it I think you can probably downgrade Lonnie Walker to more of a schedule stream type of play and it's possible that that's where Tim Hardaway Jr. ends up as well I just think he's hovering ever so slightly above that for the moment Philly, New York, um, very little to take away from this ballgame other than Jalen Brunson uh, exiting with a sore hip with about two minutes to go. It's not clear that he if if he might have maybe finished this game if it was closer. They were down by double digits. New York scored the last couple of buckets, but it didn't really change anything. So he's questionable for their next ballgame. If he sits, uh, Emmanuel Quickley's the guy, and we'll just sort of stay glued to the health report to see if anything comes of that. Uh, we did also hear on the Philly side... Oh, by the way, Quentin Grimes, back up to his big 39-minute role. So he needs to be on rosters. Grimes needs to be a, a 12-teamer. Um, 100%, absolutely, needs to be a 12-teamer. And I, I just I don't see anything standing in his way right now. Um, Knicks have been generally playing better when he's part of their big-minute lineups, and so you probably just stick with it. Uh, as far as Philly goes, we did get word earlier today that... Tyrese Maxey may be back by the end of the week. You're not dropping DeAnthony Melton. Um, You can consider it, but you're not going to do it because, like we saw earlier in the year, he's just so dynamic that uh, he fits into whatever lineup. If they move him to the bench, he'll just be more in control of a bench unit, so stick it out. It's not going to be as uh, explosive as he has been uh, with a bunch of different guys out for Philly, but the the floor is just so nice and high for him and you guys always wonder like why do we talk about d'anthony melton so much the reason we talk about him so much uh is because he can just do a billion things he puts up fantasy lines that like four guys in the last decade put up so stick with it uh you have to and you're not gonna be able to get stuff for him on a on like a cell so don't don't try that it's just not gonna work Uh, nobody played on Saturday that was Christmas Eve so let's go all the way back to Friday and cover some of the teams that we didn't see over the weekend Charlotte was one of the ones and we talked about how this was an opportunity for them just like it was with Dallas to sort of get fat and Charlotte shot 55 percent against the Lakers they scored 134 points who didn't have a good game it's the same thing again we can't overreact to a game against the Lakers uh Kelly Oubre had 19 even Gordon Hayward was okay in this ball game in his kind of clunky way this year. Mason Plumlee, good ball game. Lamello, big game. Brozier, big game. PJ Washington had his first big game in a while. Don't overreact to it. Um, the Lakers defense is just so, so bad that it's, it's pathetic. Um, so make most of these, Char- if you're thinking about doing something with Charlotte, make it happen again. Like I talk about Gordon Hayward does. I think someone who's a drop. This is probably one of his best games of the year because the efficiency was a little bit better. Um, let's see how he does against a team that's not sort of a joke right now, or P.J. Washington against a team that's not a joke right now before we make any large adjustments there. Uh, Demonis Sabonis busted his hand late in the Kings' loss at home to the Wizards. That's a really bad development for the Kings and for my season win total over bad. I'm really hoping this doesn't turn out to be a super long-term thing. He's doubtful for the next game right now. If he sits, we don't really know what the hell's going to happen. Seriously, you could try to get out in front of it, uh, but the Kings have also been kind of button mashing at the center position. We saw extra Trey Lyles in this ball Game um, Game got out of hand a little bit, so that also played a role. I, I don't think they're comfortable going to Rashawn Holmes as the backup center anymore. Uh, I, I truly have no idea. Um, the Kings will play again soon. We'll get a report. We'll get a, a some word, and at that point, we probably just have to take a data point and kind of go from there. I, I don't think that I would jump out in front of this one other than to say, look, that you know a lot of the offense now is going to run through De'Aaron Fox when Sabonis has to sit, because uh, Devonis actually has been orchestrating quite a lot for that team. On the Washington side, a badly needed win. Porzingis came back from an illness, maybe a little bit too soon. He didn't look particularly good in this one. Uh, Rui Hachimura had 21 points in 27 minutes. He's not really a nine-cat guy. Um, but keep an eye on him in case he carves out a role uh, as kind of a bench scorer, more of a, a schedule stream level play. Um, they went big too. Washington did with no Denny Avdia um, and no Will Barton. I don't know that that necessarily played a role, but Porzingis shifted down to the power forward spot. Daniel Gafford started alongside of him, but didn't do enough to warrant a look there. Uh, Monte Morris had a better ball game, but he did it in a super efficient. Shooting night, including the six for six free throws. Don't read too much into that. The three steals is also a thing that's not sustainable for Monte. So uh, mostly leave it alone. And then Delon Wright came back, had two points and eight assists with a steal. He's not going to be able to keep up the four defensive stat pace he had his first three games of the season prior to the uh, the leg injury. So he to me also probably profiles more as a schedule stream level play. That someone that fits more in that. Uh, 120 to 150 range. Portland, um, we keep hearing that Gary Payton the second is coming back and we keep not seeing it. So uh, I'd rather just wait on that one. And that's my only note on the Blazers. Indy beat Miami on the road. Tyrese Halliburton had a huge ball game. We even had a Jalen Smith sighting in this one, but not to the point that any of us really cared about it very much um Andrew Neesmith Aaron Neesmith excuse me sat this one out Andrew Nemhard played and he was okay Niesmith is trying to push his way into consideration for 12 teamers I kind of want to see what happens in his next ball game before making a definitive yes or no play I picked him up uh in a couple of of head-to-head spots where I knew that you know whatever you get out of him is okay and then he promptly got hurt so that sort of blew that plan up in my face uh but he is close I'm keeping a close watch on it. Call him like the. Remember how we used to talk about guys where we needed to just see it one more time before we could make the final call on it. I think he's in that uh, one more time category of of plays where it's like, all right, you know, I I, I'm seeing it. I kind of semi sort of believe it just a little bit, but not really all the way. Let's just see it happen again, Um, and then maybe we can make a ruling then maybe we've seen enough. But not yet. I'm not there yet. Uh, On the Miami side, Jimmy Butler rolled an ankle in the third quarter, so he's back out again. (sighs) The Jimmy Butler experience. Victor Oladipo slowed down a lot. Still played 28 minutes. I'd try to hold on to him a tiny bit longer if you could, Um, especially now with Butler going back down. Um, If Oladipo can give us giant steals numbers, that's the way that maybe this thing could work and that's kind of why i'm hanging on to it just in case otherwise you're just going to get a, a bunch more Kyle Lowry, a bunch more Tyler Hero, maybe you get a little more Caleb Martin, but it almost seems like they have too many choices. And then Bam Adebayo uh he's got a cold, so he's going to miss their next ballgame. game. So the heat are they are just in another weird spot. Uh honestly, i i you know, we might see enough Haywood Highsmith for for a head-to-head style deal, but i think i'd rather play it safe with the heat cuz they're just The fill-ins, it's never a guarantee on that club. Houston. Uh, This was the game without Eric Gordon, but he's due back for their next one, so hopefully you didn't have too much fun playing K.J. Martin for one night, because bye-bye. Tari Eason, 20 minutes, you know, still didn't really change all that much. I don't know how many times I've had to say on this podcast everybody was just way too early on the Tari Eason pickup. Way too early. If you want to sit on him until February, you'd be my guest. But luxury stash. That's what that means. That's what that term means. I hope that it hasn't been clouded by years of misuse. Uh, New Orleans, there's a lot going on with that team right now. Ingram's still out. Uh, Zion almost back. He's cleared protocols, but he's not fully conditioned yet. Larry Nance is a game-time decision for their contest. That's coming up in like an hour and a half, two hours from now oopsies let's try to get this show done huh uh Trey Murphy he's sick now although they're saying it's not COVID I don't know man I feel like the test is going to come back positive tomorrow so that leaves CJ Najee Marshall oh Dyson Daniels is out with a sickness too we don't fully know uh Jose Alvarado has a chance to do a bunch of stuff um if Nance can play he'd be terrific JV should be able to be used I like it's hard to to comfortably say <clears throat> that any one of these guys is a definite stream. Uh, but the ones I'd be the most comfortable with, obviously Valanchunas, because he's going to start and he's going to have to do a bunch. And then McCollum, who's not even a stream. But then in terms of the other guys, Najee Marshall almost definitely does make the cut. And then if Nance plays, he's the other one that I'd feel pretty comfortable dumping him in there. Otherwise, I think I kind of want to see what the hell they're going to do with these goofball lineups. Everybody's sick in some capacity before I pull the trigger on anything. To answer your question, no, I don't care that Alexei Pokushevsky had his first good game in God knows how long because the roulette wheel sometimes is going to land on Poku. So, bye bye. Moving along. Royce O'Neal had fifth, uh, five three pointers, shot six of nine for Brooklyn, but all of a sudden now the rebounds, the assists, the steals, and blocks have disappeared. So, I don't really know what the hell's going on with O'Neill these days. He's fallen back into a schedule stream category. Some of it might be the TJ Warren effect. Utah Watanabe playing better has also been a role in that. His minutes still tended to be pretty good, uh, but his job has changed. And you know, some of that, I think, is Ben Simmons kind of getting up to speed as as facilitator as well. So uh, I don't think Royce O'Neal is someone that you definitely have to be starting right now. I think he makes a lot of sense when their schedule is good, which was for a while, not so much anymore. Um Yeah, downgrade him from must start to uh, more like schedule stream play. Minnesota, uh, Nas Reed got 25 minutes off the bench in this game. Did not see that one coming. There wasn't a whole lot of foul stuff going on. He just got a little bit of bonus run. Finally, uh, Austin Rivers turned back into Austin Rivers. We kind of knew that was coming. Still no Kyle Anderson, uh, which makes us a really difficult team to to piecemeal right now because you got anthony edwards you got d'angelo you got rudy gobert Jaden mcdaniels is is startable these days with a bunch of guys out but what if kyle anderson comes back he's been dealing with back spasms uh he's been dealing with a flu i don't actually know what that does to this lineup but i i would assume that he slots back into the starting five and then i think i'd probably play slow mo and i'd be really careful about Jalen Noel, Nas Reed, guys like that, and and certainly careful about Austin Rivers. Although I don't know that anybody needed a reminder about that ball game. Detroit got blown out in Atlanta, so don't read too much into the box score. But the main guys for Detroit got the minutes that you expected. Remember how late last week we talked about Isaiah Stewart kind of being someone that was really on his last life fantasy wise. I think you can probably cut ties. It just it's not there. Uh, Jalen Duran has taken whatever good stuff could have come for Stewart, which would have been kind of the big man stats. And those belong to him now. And so Stewart's shifted down. He's more of the power forward. He's floor spacing. That's always bad for a big man. Killian Hayes, better ball game here. Still a low-end point guard play. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of the run story with the Pistons these days. This was an easy one for Atlanta, but there was a fantasy story, and that was that Clint Capella re his his... Uh, his calf, I almost called it a hammy. So Onyeka Okongwu moves back into the spotlight. Even if they start John Collins at center, which they might do, there should still be enough for Okongwu coming off the bench, getting more in that 24 to 29-minute range instead of 20. You know, 18 to 20, it's a big jump for him. Uh, I think, honestly, he's probably better when they've got a bunch of good players around him because he's just going to be open for more stuff. Uh, this, of course, was also a game against a very bad defense, so that was good for everybody. Hold on to Bogdan Bogdanovich. He's another guy that profiles in that kind of shooting guard fantasy stat set, but his is a little bit more chiseled than some of the other shooting guards we've talked about earlier in the show. Uh, so hold Bogdan. Pick up Okangwu as the stream. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're probably going to be pretty gentle with Capella now since he tried to come back and it, it didn't work. Uh, Chicago. Another game-winner. They've won a few in a row, and Nikola Vucevic has been... He didn't hit the game-winner, but he's been uh, significantly better in these ones. He's moved inside the top 30 on a per-game basis. He's one of the lead leaders in games played at 32 of them. And as a result, his overall totals value is climbing all the way up now to number 16. Awesome. No Caruso, so a little bit of a better game out of Io DeSumo. I don't think there's enough for him or Patrick Williams... Uh, with just Caruso down. It's the same story with Chicago. You need one of the big usage guys to be out for any of those fringe guys to move across the cut line. No fantasy notes on the Cleveland Cavaliers. I have none. Everything is as expected with that team. And frankly, it's kind of the same story with Toronto. Scotty Barnes has been playing better. Freddie Van fleet has been playing better. Uh, They seem to play better against the Cavs for whatever reason, just a good matchup. I guess the only thing you could talk about is Gary Trent just sort of not getting anywhere near his fantasy value this year and that's been super annoying he's been more in the schedule stream but we know the upside is built in there so you kind of can't punt on trent even though i kind of want to but there just isn't anybody out there available that can do what he does at the clip he does so you know just hang on uh, I know Kawhi is resting the Clippers' next ball game, but just looking at what he did in the last one, uh, you got a, light, a little bit of a better game out of Ivica Zubats here. They needed him against Joel Embiid. Uh, this is your moment to sell if you can, because they're not going to need him against most opposing big men. Nick Batum, another super efficient ball game 10 points, two threes, three blocks. I think he's a 12 team startable, nine cat guy until he gets hurt, basically. And his minutes were a little lower here, actually, because the Clippers couldn't go small. Against Embiid, the one thing that I am worried about is what is Batum's role when Kawhi sits. It almost seems like he's better when he's playing off the superstars, and we'll get a look at that tonight. Actually, so there you go. Orlando whipped San Antonio. The Spurs doing a really nice job of tanking lately, and it's uh, it's annoying if you have any Spurs on your team because all of their values have been artificially depressed by rest days and low minute games. And Jakob Purtle still stuck in the low twenties and minutes. I don't know how long until they get him up to a slightly better number. I have to assume it's maybe later this week. Keldon Johnson, not startable these days. I'd love to talk about how he's, you know, you just close your eyes and hope, but he's literally losing teams two categories weekly. And that's just not acceptable. He's been awful. After about a three-week really good start to the year. Horrendous. It's killing me. I have him in a bunch of spots. Did not see this type of Shooting disaster coming this year. No, how many guys have had both of their percentages fall completely off a cliff like that? Keldon's the winner or loser of that department. Anyway, over on the Atlanta side or Atlanta Orlando side, this is I think the first time we've seen Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony each have a good game at the same time. And yes, the blowout helped that allowed Cole to rack up some extra stats at the end of the ball game. He is very much the uh, counting stat guy. Twenty-three points, ten boards, nine assists, four threes. Uh, and shot the ball well, interestingly. Um, but percentages tend to work against him. And so if you get a weird one like this where they aren't, you just go to count the money. Bull, bull. 24-minute roll for him. He's still inside the top 100 in that. I'm, I'm not abandoning ship. I know there's been a lot of panic selling on bull. I think you can hang on and just know that the expectations need to be different. He's not a top 50 play anymore. He's more like a top 80, 90 play. Uh, Mo Wagner. Still startable as long as he's as long as Weddell Carter Jr.'s minutes remain on the ramp up. But at some point here, probably in the next two ball games, they're going to flip. And uh, then the Wagner thing, you can probably file for some other day. Uh, and then as far as Markel Fultz goes, he's doing enough to stay on rosters. Both he and Anthony have their stuff, their, their lines look sexier than they are and that's just something i want everybody to kind of keep in the back of your head assists always look sexy and the combo of assists and steals that always looks sexy uh but if you sort of roll it all together neither one of those guys has had uh, more than about a three or four day stretch where they've been consistently fantasy ready i think false is the guy you hold because that's the guy that they've got kind of running the operation right now Um or you can hold both if you want. I just on the roto side, I don't know that I'm comfortable starting either of them in a games cap format. And then with head to head, yeah, I mean you start them, right? You just you take whatever stats they give you, and that's probably an easier hold actually on the head to head side in roto because with the roto you're just kind of squatting on it. All right, half an hour show today, no promos, nothing. At Dan vespers on Twitter, I'll talk to you guys over there. We're going to try to loop ourselves back into the normal routine, starting basically with tip tonight here on monday hope everybody once again had a really merry christmas a final wrap up here on hanukkah happy kwanzaa Yep, we're knocking them all out here um i think hanukkah finished up yesterday if i'm not mistaken i don't know we was on vacation so we didn't we didn't bring the candles (laughs) all right we talk to you guys tomorrow so long everybody speed round in the books